0: Welcome to Screen Babble where uh, Benji is currently being choked by some tinsel. Do little again. <laughs> Welcome to the Screen Babble Christmas special. Yay. We are super excited to be here in the run up to arguably the best TV time of the year. I'm sure there's some stats out there about how much more telly we watch over the festive period. But we don't have them. But I'm pretty sure that exists. There's some fantastic stuff lined up for Christmas 2023 both on streaming and TV, and hopefully we're gonna enlighten you all on this episode. Stephen Ross and Benjamin Jackson are here, as you can see, looking very festive. Thank you for making the efforts. Effort,
1: efforts, effort. Which we, we we try, we try, don't we, Stephen? We do, we do indeed.
0: They're here to keep you right on the road to TV enlightenment. Remember, you can also catch us on Shots Freeview Channel two seven six, where you'll find lots of other great content. Okay, without further ado, Stephen, you're going to start us off this year with films. This year, this year, this yeah, that's good, isn't it? This year because we do this every year.
1: It's felt it's it's felt like a year, hasn't
0: it? <laughs> Since the start of the podcast. <laughs> Over to you.
2: Right, what a what a stellar intro. Yeah, I am going to kick us off with a selection of Christmas films coming out this month ahead of the big day. So, mm-hmm. the first one that I want to spotlight is The Heist Before Christmas which is coming to Sky Max at a date to be confirmed, but I have mm. uh, got I did get a preview of it, so I I can recommend it's a weirdly big cast for a film that is only going to come out on Sky and I don't think a lot of people are going to see. It's got okay. Timothy Spall as Santa and James Nesbitt as a bank robber who's dressed as Santa. And essentially, mm. the plot surrounds a young boy from a very poor um, single-parent household. He witnesses uh, James Nesbitt rob a bank whilst dressed as Santa and then escape okay. into the woods where he then finds Timothy Spall as actual Santa and confuses the two, hopes to help Santa in order to gain a cut of the loot that he's robbed from the bank because he wants to buy his younger brother a bike because his mum's very poor and they're not going to have a great Christmas. So it's that typical, you know, basic confusion that is the crux of the film, the mix-up between the two Santas. Mm -hmm. It's weirdly less funny like it's not that's not criticism it's just not designed (laughs) as a comedy it's you kind of expect a film like this and set at christmas to be very funny or at least like you know like the nativity films with all these like cheesy laughs but it's actually just very like social realist gritty mum's very poor he's buying a dog bone to cook dinner with really hard up christmas is going to be grim this year james nesbitt's just playing the bank robber dressed as santa is just you know, a typical bank robber. Mm. Timothy Spall's Santa has his own issues going on. It's more of a drama than a a comedy, which is a bit strange. And it's quite heavy in places because of just the gruelling poverty of of the the main family involved. And you have the woman trying to hold down a, a job at a supermarket with her boss, who is a real piece of work. But because it is a Christmas film, it does all sort of come good at the end. It's something a bit different. I think it probably would have benefited more from being a comedy, a straight comedy rather than a cost of living drama. I don't know how many people want to watch that this year, you know, be reminded of the reality of it, but it's out there and it is something a little bit different. And then another Christmas film, an alternative Christmas film very much is It's a Wonderful Knife, which Mm -hmm. is, as it sounds, inspired by It's a Wonderful Life, which Mm -hmm. is one of my favourite Christmas films of all time. Mm. It's, Purely, it's favourite Christmas film. It's the Gentleman's Loads of people,
0: loads, loads of people. Yeah, yeah,
2: yeah. Yeah, it's um, yeah, for the connoisseur. Um, But this is about a person who saves a small town from a psychotic killer, but then realizes (laughs) after the fact that her life isn't all that wonderful, and she wishes she'd never been born, and then finds herself in a parallel universe. Where without her things could be much much worse because of the psychotic killer, etc. So it's inspired by the Jimmy Stewart film, obviously. I've not seen this one. I can't imagine it's as good as the Jimmy Stewart film. But for people who were uh, <laughs> a modern classic already, oh,
1: I don't know. I do not know. I don't know if I agree with that. the horror, horror fans, I suspect,
2: Benji might <laughs> fall into this camp. Who just they can't miss. A festive season without injecting a bit of horror into it might want to catch this i imagine it'll be quite funny as well
1: no i mean like the mean one that already it sounds like i've got a double bill with it's a wonderful knife followed by the mean one which was that grinch based horror movie wasn't it yeah but you know what it's a wonderful knife followed by it's
2: a wonderful life or vice versa it might be a good double bill as well
1: oh like the christmas barbenheimer hmm
2: It's a Wonderful Knife is on Shudder, which you might not have heard of. I hadn't until recently. It's a horror streaming service, which is $4.99 a month. So Mm. they're currently offering a seven-day free trial as well. But if you're not too sure about it's a wonderful knife they've got a lot of dross on there but as well some big films like suspiria the wicker man the original not nick cage wrong turn etc they've got a fair amount of so if you are a big horror fan this is maybe an opportunity to get a free trial for shudder it might be the perfect excuse and then finally again back to more classical christmas vibes we have Wonka. The Charlie and the Chocolate Yay. Factory oh. uh, prequel, which yeah, which comes to cinemas on December the eighth. So this is obviously based on the character from Roald Dahl's Charlie and the Chocolate Factory. Mm-hmm. It tells the story of how the world's greatest confectionery king came to be and how he got his umphalumpa slave army to run the chocolate factory for him and. It's coming to cinemas on the eighth of December, and of course, it stars Timothy Chalamet, better known for being Kylie Jenner's boyfriend, as uh, the titular <laughs> Wonka. Can't that's imagine bitchy. he'll Yeah, I know. Uh, I can't imagine he'll live up to the Gene Wilder interpretation. But Absolutely I do not. quite like Ooh. Timothy. He yeah. he's, he's been great in some of his his roles. You'll know him from um, June, of course, mm-hmm. and. Call me by your name. Uh, he was in Don't look up. Wasn't he? And Don't look mm. up. Yeah, but he's been he's been in an awful lot, and he's going to be in a lot more going forward. I think yeah. he's uh, very much one to watch. is not he? This this will be a big role for him. Absolutely. yeah.
0: So I, I did, I heard a little bit about it on the radio this morning and early reviews are positive as far as I can tell. Mm. And apparently Hugh Grant's turn as the Oompa Loompa, even though there was some criticism about the casting, is apparently a scene stealer. So there you go.
2: Yeah, I mean, Oompa Loompas aren't an actual people. So I didn't really <laughs> get why people were upset that someone who wasn't an Oompa Loompa was playing him. The, the implication that, only dwarves should play on Loompas. Seems very, very weird towards dwarves to align them with Umpa I'll be looking forward to seeing what
0: Hugh Grant does with it anyway. I'm sure everybody else will too. So that's brilliant. Three films for you to get your teeth into In the Rump to Christmas there, people. Okay, I'm going to do some children's TV just now. So if you're not into children's TV, you might want well to skip forward. But actually, at this time of year, children's TV is Awesome. It's, yeah, it's you know pretty, the big things yeah. that come out I um, agree.
2: Yeah. I would agree. This is the month for children's TV. Very
0: watchable for for grown-ups. So the first one is the perennial children's animation by the BBC which is this year it's well every year they do a Julia Donaldson adaptation for Christmas and this year it's going to be Tabby McTatt. This year's animated special is the 11th of the Donaldson and illustrator Axel Scheffler's to be adapted. It's based on the 2016 book Tabby McTat and its story is set in the streets of London about the friendship between a musical cat and a busker called Fred. I was reading it to my kids last night. I know it very well. Uh, so yeah, as I say, Jodie Whittaker is starring as is Rob Brydon, who we all know from many things including Gavin and, Gavin and Stacey. Uh, Sophie Dearest Sue from Gangs of London. Um, Carrie Ed Lloyd from Peep Show and Joanna Scanlon from The Thick of It and, and many more familiar voices. The official synopsis says Fred, busker and his cat, Tabby McTacken, who enjoyed contented life singing on the streets of London to the delighted audience until one day when chasing a thief, Fred falls and breaks his leg and is whisked away in an ambulance. What will become of the busker's cat left alone on the city streets? So, yeah, that, as BBC likes to do at this time of year, they don't tell you exactly when it's going to be on, but it'll be on in sort of the week in the run up to Christmas. That's usually what happens, as is the case with their annual panto. So um, this year they are doing Robin Hood. It's already been filmed they did that in October, and the um, adaptation is of the story which was written by Andrew Pollard. While Banks and Wag have provided the music, I'm sure everybody will be very excited to hear. So it'll see Robin Wood and his merry band protecting Sherwood Forest and its animal inhabitants from the Sheriff of Nottingham, who's a very naughty plan to destroy the wood of its riches for her own benefit. And as I say, it'll be available on CBBS and BBC iPlayer closer to Christmas, and I'm sure we'll be able to let you know about that on Weekend Watch as well in the run-up to And the last thing to mention is Netflix has Chicken Run, Dawn of the Nugget coming oh, out yeah. on December 15th. And that is, uh, having pulled off a debt defying escape from Tweedy's farm, Ginger has finally found her dream, a peaceful island sanctuary for the whole flock, far from the dangers of the human world. When she and Rocky hatch a little girl called Molly, Ginger's happy ending seems complete. But back on the mainland, the whole of Chicken Kind faces a new and terrible threat for Ginger and her team, even if it means putting their own hard-won freedom at risk this time, they're breaking in.
1: They had me at Nugget. They had me at <laughs> Nugget. That's Dawn of the Nugget,
0: December 15th, Netflix. And if you want to go there with um, kids and toys and that again, uh, I want to mention the Lately Toy Show, which I mentioned on the main pod last week and you get that on the RTE Player app. Right, Benji, you're going to talk to us about the Christmas specials love you this know, chat
1: Do you know what would be fantastic right now if, if Craig could like embed Some very nice Christmas seasonal Music as I inform do, our do, Listeners do, and do, do, I mean that'll Do I mean any more you have to sing at that and we'll have to pay royalties towards It but yes <laughs> yeah. ladies and gentlemen Boys and girls is it truly A Christmas television season Without the return of the Christmas special called the midwife no. Absolutely not. <laughs> Definitely not. Uh, and as listeners of the podcast and viewers on Shots might know, this boy here, he likes a bit of horror and he likes a bit of kaiju action. But he also has a soft spot <laughs> for Call the Midwife. I absolutely love that show. Oh. It's become a tradition. I've probably seen three or four Call the Midwife
0: Christmas specials because my mother would watch it.
1: Well, and yeah.
0: They're, you're on the couch at Christmas at home and there's, you've no choice. But they're good, like, they're
1: worth it's, a watch, it's, you it's, know. It's mum's favourite, isn't it? It's mm. kind of, it's either going to be the king's speech or call the midwife. That's, that's you sit down, have a watch with your family. but Definitely uh, the latter in our house. <laughs> but I mean, the preview for this year's Christmas special uh, involves a delivery taking place during a snowstorm which I don't know Ooh. if the snow bomb's gonna arrive or not, mm. but it kind of art imitating life. That will come out on Christmas Eve, which will then be followed mm. in the new year by season 13, if I remember correctly, of Call mm. the Midwife. Uh, very good. If that's not your kind of thing whatsoever, though, could I also suggest something that I watched last night, which was the a very brassic Christmas special. Oh my god! I'm
0: so excited for this. I'm just—I'm on a, a, a episode three or four of the new series, and I'm desperately trying to get it done before the Christmas special. And I, we haven't talked about it actually on the podcast recently, but I love Brassic.
1: Oh, I absolutely I just love it. Think it's—it's. It's, I when people ask me about it, I kind of compare it to like the canadian tv series trailer park boys which is kind of like a bunch of Mm -hmm. reprobates that are trying to make a living earn a crust and stuff like that and i'm not going to spoiler it for anyone especially kelly but he -hmm. makes a crust in the end but the christmas special uh is basically the idea of Vinny, played by the incredible joe gilgan once again who also created the Mm show um not only is he having to put together a Christmas nativity because Mm -hmm. some people destroyed the nativity set uh, at his son's school, but he also has to combine that with also looking after or overseeing uh, the auntie of Dominic West's character who happens to be an Acapulco chasing skirt. That, That cast member happens to be Imelda Staunton, who is absolutely oh. brilliant in her role as a cantankerous kind of, you know, older person that had a bit of a, bit of a family turmoil going on, and that mm. leads into her discovering that the villain, I would guess, of the piece played by Greg Davies, who. Uh, sky love at the minute because he's presenting mm-hmm. nevermind the Buzzcocks, which also mm-hmm. has a christmas special playing if i remember the name correctly dick dolphin who is a celebrated <laughs> actor in the area who opens a winter oh. wonderland so of oh, course interesting vinny be vinny and the gang being Vinny and the gang if they can't go through things in a less than nefarious process to get the items then they'll go by any means necessary. To, and, to be honest, like I mean, the Nativity plus
0: a uh, bad guy opens Winter Wonderland. Like literally, they're the laziest Christmas
1: tropes of all. They time. are one hundred percent.
0: But Brassic is like you just know their take on it is going to be so off the wall. <laughs> yeah,
1: I mean, you, I mean, yeah. Admittedly, on paper, it's formulaic. It's like, oh no, how are we going to save the Nativity? And you know, mm-hmm. and this person's lonely for Christmas. Will they reconcile with their family? But you don't go into Brassick to to see postmodern kind of work, do you? You go into Brassic because Mm -hmm. the dialogue is incredible, even the little when someone chimes in in the background. So that is coming to...
0: Yeah, it's the ad-libbing in the back. It's the kind of Ah. murmuring and the I don't know how they do it. I don't know how they write it, but it's so well done. Like, it's just... Obviously, they write a good bit of it, but there's something else going on there that... I, I don't know if they film it lots of times or only once or whatever. They do what this if
1: it's kind of impromptu yeah. at times as well.
0: I think I think it is a little bit, yeah. Because it's got the same it comes kind across of, as very natural.
1: It's got the same little um, dialogue nuances that you get from This Is England, which was another series and film that Joe Gilgan was involved in. So maybe his writing was informed by was it Shane Meadows mm-hmm. that did that series? But, yeah. Yeah. But, yeah. but that's coming to Sky Showcase. I can't keep Mm -hmm. up with the name changes anymore, the channels. December 21st, -hmm. and it will be available on demand. And I know that you are looking forward to this one in particular, Stephen. Doctor Who, the annual Christmas special. I think we're on the 11th Christmas special now, Stephen. Is that correct?
2: Sounds about right.
1: Uh, we'll make it up as we go along I'll say it's the 11th it's going to be the debut of the brand new Doctor Who I would imagine normally they transform over the Christmas period anyway from Mm. like Capaldi to Whitaker and uh, Smith to Tennant bits and pieces like that so we not only get introduced to the new Doctor we also get introduced to the new companion it's the 60th anniversary of Doctor Who anyway uh, if you're regular readers on national world you know that steven is all over that stuff as well and much like Call the midwife is it really christmas on the bbc without that doctor who special mm, i agree you gotta have a so you know christmas eve you're back to backs ladies and gentlemen call the midwife doctor who christmas special but if you want a little bit of levity in between that or just before that a very Brassic christmas is where you need to be
0: But I imagine Brassic, as usual, is definitely post-watershed. So, um, yeah, watch out for that. (laughs)
1: Like a bear does his business in the woods, of course, you know. It's (laughs) definitely, definitely post-watershed.
0: Well, if that's Christmas Eve, then Christmas Day is over to me. For the soaps, ladies and gentlemen. So I'm going to do this quite quickly because I know everybody's into the soaps, but coming up on Carol, the big focus is going to be around Peter Barlow's exit from the soap, which I'm sure is no secret by now. He's been around for quite a long time. So that's going to be quite poignant. And I think there's a sort of a episode long, just two-hander with him and Carla and sort of revisiting all their key moments. So that might be good in the sense that there's probably going to be lots of flashbacks. So it'll be a nice little nostalgia buzz episode. But I thought maybe that's a bit sedate for a Christmas special. But anyway, there you go. Not, not a Christmas special, but you know the way like Christmas special storylines at Christmas. the other thing in, two things worth mentioning in Caro as well are ongoing deterioration of Paul, who is MND. Bernie's got herself into trouble. His mother... Probably going to end up in prison for Christmas. Probably Paul's last Christmas. Very sad. All of that going on. And then the return of, and this is a spoiler, Lucy Fallon, also known as Bethany Platt. She's coming back after being away for five years and she had a little tryst with Daniel Barlow in the past. And this is potentially going to be revisited which is interesting because obviously Daisy's been having a bit of an affair with Ryan. So there's all that going on in terms of romantic drama. EastEnders is probably the soap that has done the biggest job in terms of trailing its Christmas storylines. They put out their first trailer for Christmas in February this year, people. I mean, come on, like they're making an absolute job of this. So that trailer showed us the six female characters that are going to be involved in the storyline. Sharon, Kathy, Stacey, Linda and Suki. And they were standing over a mysterious dead body at the Queen Vic. Uh, Stacey's blood in her hands. Denise holding a smash bottle. Ladies are looking on as shocked bride Sharon bends down to hold a man's wrist and confirms he's dead. So basically yeah. <laughs> EastEnders is going to be, we don't know who the man is. So this is, and they're all, they've all had different run-ins with different men this Betty's year. Betty's Larry lamb. It's probably Larry Lamb, exactly. Yeah.
1: I'd, I'd like Sharon seems to have a, a bit of a habitual problem killing people over Christmas specials. Yeah, right? yeah. Let's just hope they don't do it with the Queen Vic bust again. No. Nope.
0: And finally, Emmerdale is. I don't really watch Emmerdale much anymore. I used to love it, but anyway, apparently there's a serious love triangle going on at the moment between Charity, Mackenzie, and Chloe. That's going to come to a crescendo when Chloe's dodgy dealing dad, gangster dad turns up and I think somebody's going to end up dead basically. But what happens, what is happening with Emmerdale is there is a huge storyline coming in the new year. There's going to be a big disaster in the village and there's going to be two of the families are going to be really devastated as a result. So there you go. That's a preview to 2024, but that's a whole other episode, people. So thank you for listening to Screen Babble. That was amazing. Like all the Christmas content. I mean, we were only touching the surface there, but obviously there's going to be loads coming up. So stay tuned for Weekend Watch, where we'll be letting you know any other new little bits and pieces that are coming on over the next few weeks. We'll let you know the details of when and where everything is going to be showing. And we'll be getting excited for more Christmas TV ourselves. So thanks for tuning in and see you all next time.
1: Bye. Merry Christmas, everybody. yippee
0: Merry Christmas.